Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it, and it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud, but didn't call you when I was doing good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on. I do. I guess what I'm asking is, show me how to stand for you. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I am Chris. And live from Scotland in a bottle of Hendrix, I'm doing it. Mm, <laughs> mm. Wait a minute. I got some new Hendrix. And that's not even my drink for tonight. I know. It's not even my drink. I ah. forgot. <laughs> I forgot I had it. Because, listen. Okay, listen. Everybody knows I love gin now. So, I have pushed it. Like, I hid it behind some stuff so I wouldn't drink it up. Before the show, and like it just dawned on me when you said that that I have some. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Well, Chris got hers; she should have it." Really, I was just looking for stuff, and I didn't have much, so I just went with what I had. I keep passing by this little tiny bottle of Pink Whitney I got because I just don't want to. <laughs> just, just mix it with some club soda. That I was did. what I had yeah, to do. To like... well, actually, I gave the rest of it away, but. What mm-hmm. I drink on the show that night, I just mix it with some club soda. Cause, yeah, I bought two of the little shot bottles. I drank one, and since then, I'm just like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. So, what's been going on with you? Um, what has been going on with me? Um, I got a new TV. Yay! And the first movie I watched on it. Was Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, it's only right. But the thing about it is, like, this is like a 4K TV. So, you know that scene when uh, Chadwick Boseman, like, puts his toes out there? Yes. Like, I saw the wrinkles on his toes, and I was like, this is disturbing. See, that is the thing with these new, like, ultra-sensitive TVs. I just can't. It took me a while to get used to the HD and mm-hmm. I, that's still kind of disturbing to me. And now, like, when I go to people's houses and they have these fancy TVs, I'm like, this motherfucker in the room with us. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I didn't realize how red white people get when they cry. <laughs> but I'm like, are y'all okay? <laughs> Why are you so are you red? Okay? <laughs> so, I've been watching The Nanny, and that's normal definition because they can't make it better. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love The Nanny. Hmm. yeah it's weird because like as an adult i watch it and i'm like mr sheffield was a bit of a dick like i think it was really rude at sometimes but you know i still love fran nanny really i don't really i guess i guess when i watch it i'm watching it with nostalgia and i really don't think but i have learned to do that with most of my favorite shows from the past because 
Eek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so most of them, I just watch for entertainment purposes. What happens, happens. And I don't try to assess it, break it down. None of that. All our faves are problematic. <sighs> it's okay it's okay it's it's a part of our growth it's all right it's all right yeah yeah (laughs) you know you know there's certain people that like like to weaponize cancel culture and it's like at some extent we gotta realize that like yeah people change Mm -hmm. and if they show they've changed i'm okay with Mm -hmm. that but yeah yeah. Um. Wait. I rushed you past your drink because I, because <laughs> I remembered I had Hendrix. So what exactly are you drinking? I'm just drinking Hendrix Lunar Gin and Tonic. Okay. okay. Yeah. I st- nothing. Exciting. I still I still <laughs> haven't been able to try the Lunar yet. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um. What else going on? What's making you happy? Bringing you a little joy? I had two little tomatoes. Okay. Very little tomatoes. Um, It's hard gardening with this patio because it's just like I face the eastern sun. Uh So the sun that I have is very limited. But I'm excited that those two things are out there. Um, I also found a houseplant of the month club. Oh, and so <laughs> my first houseplant is shipped, <laughs> and I told them about my lighting situation, so uh, that would be good. And then today, I have not worn a bra all day, and it's been great. <laughs> so I'm just totes jealous. <laughs> oh, usually, like, I wear a bra on my own, like, volition because I don't really like my titties touching me, but today I was like. Not in the mood. I literally, <laughs> this morning when I was getting dressed, I grabbed my bra and I said, over the shoulder, boulder holder. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I mean, God. I, I So do you know where that's from? My middle school years. I it's from, <laughs> no, that. it's from way before your middle school years. It is from Punky Brewster. And I had to be like five or six. I mean, I was little when Punky Brewster was on. Why do I remember oh. her saying <laughs> she needed a bra and she needed an over-the-shoulder boulder holder? And I have called it that my whole life mm-hmm. because of Punky Brewster. Yeah, I just knew you from school. Uh, and lastly, the thing that you'll probably be happy about was I talked to my therapist. Yay! So. <laughs> yeah, let's doing a round of applause. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. So. I actually started on my search to find a new one. Uh, I'm using the Therapy for Black Girls database. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been kind of hard filtering out what I need because... Which I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. But most of the doctors there that look like who I may be interested in, most of them do family therapy. And, like, that's their specialty. And it's just mm. me. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, um, I'm going to keep looking because I definitely need to get back on it. But sometimes, I know a lot of therapists that I know, they're... Um their 
whatever credited yes. degree yes. is in marriage and family therapy, but they could still talk to someone. Yeah. But yeah, I um, I just I'm very specific. Yeah. So that's, that's the good thing about the Therapy for Black Girls directory is that all of your therapists there, like all of their credentials are there, and I don't, I didn't know there were so many letter combinations so i had to like mm. google and see what does this accreditation mean and what does this one mean and what does this one mean so yeah but um yeah it's coming <laughs> okay um so this week i am finally drinking cali red rose <laughs> and let me say i like it and I am not a huge rosé drinker. Um, It is... So, it's not super sweet. Because I don't like super sweet. It definitely has that crisp... That's what... If I'm going to drink a rosé, I like it to have, like, that that crisp... Feels -hmm. feels like you're biting into a, like, fresh apple. (laughs) But um, it, it is a little sweet. But it's not too sweet. And I love it. Yeah, I was actually the first one to buy them at the store, um, and I went back because <laughs> I drunk those up that I bought that day, <laughs> and I went back <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, let me get some regular Cali Red while while I'm here." And of course, they were sold out. So, <laughs> them's the breaks. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm glad that I finally got to try that. I haven't had a lot going on this week, so let me tell you about what's been bringing me joy. <laughs> this is a two-in-one. So, have you been seeing these pictures <laughs> on the internet, largely Twitter and Instagram, where it's like a modern picture, but they do it in black and white, and then the caption is like, this is my grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those have been bringing me so much joy. I just love them. Each one is funnier than the next. (laughs) But then there was one. And let me tell y'all who is doing Twitter and doing it right. Now, y'all know I love Dionne Warwick. I've already said several times she's doing it right. Halle Berry. If you aren't following Halle Berry on Twitter, you missing out. So (laughs) some girl posted... One of those black and white pictures of Kiki Palmer and was like, uh, <laughs> this is my grandma, da 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 da. And Halle Berry <laughs> re- quote tweeted and said, baby, that's Kiki Palmer. Now, if y'all don't know the joke to that, it's mm-hmm. a long story about this girl. <laughs> this, well, I'm saying a girl, I actually don't know who it was, probably some bot. But anyway, a girl used a picture of Kiki Palmer, this was a while back, and was like, um, hey, could you take that picture down because that is my cousin and she is missing or some some big sob story. And it was literally a picture of Kiki Palmer. And whoever it was <laughs> who posted the picture was like, baby, that's Kiki Palmer. <laughs> and so I'm like, Holly Berry, how you know what's hip? Like, <laughs> so I really, and this, is, this isn't her first, like, she's been doing a lot on Twitter. Like, I'm 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 into her. Um, that's about all I have for joy (laughs) I'm trying to think what really what have I been doing I went back oh so are you caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier 
I kind of to last week. I think I watched this recent episode, but I wasn't paying attention, so I really okay. Um, so I went back and watched Civil War. Well, I watched. Did I watch Civil War first? Um, wait. Which one? No, I watched Winter Soldier first. I went back and watched Captain Marvel, Winter Soldier, and I went back and watched Captain America. Yeah, Captain America, uh, Winter Soldier, and I went back and watched Captain America, um, Civil War. And the thing about it is, it was like I had never seen the movies before. <laughs> like, I vaguely remembered some stuff, but I was like, this is brand new information. Because I just don't, I'm not, there are very few movies that I will watch repeatedly. And the ones that I Mm -hmm. will watch repeatedly, I watch them all the time and that's it. So the only Mm -hmm. Marvel movies that I have watched multiple, multiple times, of course, Black Panther and both of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. um, I've only seen them. I saw in, wait, I saw Infinity Wars. I know I saw that. Uh, twice in the theaters, and I think mm-hmm. I may have seen Endgame twice, but I don't. When they come on TV, I do not watch them because uh, Infinity War was traumatic for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm speaking very loosely. It was not traumatic, but it does make me sad. So I don't really watch it. Um, yeah. so yeah, Endgame fucked me up because a I love love Iron Man, but also seeing a girl lose her dad was yeah. very traumatic. Yeah. So I haven't seen it since the first time I watched it, which I cried like a little bitch. Oh, <laughs> and, and Infinity War, when um when Spider-Man, you know, starts to snap, I lost yeah. it. Like, I completely lost it. So, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so, yeah, I've been just, like, fascinated with um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've been coming up with theories, and then my head hurts from coming up with theories. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I can't believe it's about to be over. So, yeah. Mm. Look at, look at this, <laughs> look at this grip that Disney has on my life. I just don't appreciate it. <laughs> and then, very much. Uh, we were watching something about Black Panther. They told us what the day would be for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Jade. I was like, hey, let's get married that day. <laughs> I was like, we could just go in our wedding dress and go watch it after. For the animated series or for the Black Panther 2? No, Black Panther okay. 2. I'm excited about the animated <laughs> series, too. So, um, yeah, they just... They don't care about us. They don't care about our money because they did add a dollar on to that price. And they know we all <laughs> going to pay it. So um, I do have a review. And again, I started my cycle like of how I read reviews all over. Some, like, some of them mm-hmm. I could tell I read before, but some of them I can't. So if I'm reading it twice, that just means we love you doubly nice. Okay. So today's review comes from Oh Baby Gal, and it says, OMG, I love these two. Great chemistry between the two. They are real, authentic, and fun to listen to. I hope to hear more. So thank you so much. 
thank you so much oh baby gal and again we remind you all to hop on over to um itunes podcast leave us five stars because the others do not work and leave us a sweet review first of all you're helping me feel better on my gloomy days second of all take a screenshot dm it to us and we will send you a cute sticker yes (laughs) all right speaking of somebody on our etsy shop um Etsy was like, hey, just check in with your people and see how they like their purchase. So I was like, how did you like your purchase? And she's like, actually, this is my second one because my boyfriend didn't want to stick his first one to anything. So I had to buy him another one to stick it to. So cute. That tells you how cool our stickers are. (laughs) And also, I thought I was the only person who does that. (laughs) I don't like sticking my stickers to anything. I will send you another sticker. <laughs> I'm not gonna stick it to anything. <laughs> they're on. They're on. <laughs> they're on the refrigerator, but they're held up with magnets because I just don't want to. Like I don't want to peel that paper back. It's like it's like it loses its flavor. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move along to our current events. First of all, I just want to know who was in the surprise poll. <laughs> Not Ooh. I. Okay, I get the numbers, phone numbers, names, all of that. So, Dwayne The Rock Johnson teases White House run after surprise poll. He said, and this, oddly enough, was not on April the 1st, which is, seems like a good time <laughs> to say this, but he was like, not sure our founding fathers ever envisioned a 6'4", bald tattooed, half black, half Samoan, tequila drinking, pickup driving, fanny pack wearing guy joining their club. But um, he says, but if it ever happens, it'd be my honor to serve the people. And I'm like, okay, start small. Why don't you go be like a governor like Schwarzenegger? Well, I, th- I think that <laughs> is his plan. He's mentioned before that he intended on getting into politics and um i think he said it in here that you know he'll start out and see what happens so we'll see i mean at this point worse has happened there's just i'd like to stick to politicians they're not great but i don't want any more celebrity presidents (laughs) we don't always get what we want i didn't want the celebrity (laughs) president so there's that Okay, so Leslie Jordan out here is <laughs> slipping tea. Not s- sipping it, but slipping it. Anyways, so he was talking to Cohen on... That's who he was talking to, right? Yes, uh, Watch What Happens Live. And they're playing a game called Has Leslie Met Them? And so they're talking about the Golden Girls. And, of course, he's worked with Betty White in a few Boston Legal episodes. And he also did stand-up comedy with... Rue McClanahan, who is Blanche. And he was like, a lot of people don't know, but she lost some of her money to the Madoff scandal. And then he was like, oh no, look at me gossiping and carrying <laughs> on. And then Cohen came back later and was like, so how much did he lose? He didn't say it, but he said it that he thought everything. <laughs> um, so, in the video clip, he actually does say that she lost a whole lot, and that was why they ended up doing stand-up together because she she was broke and he was broke too yeah but i my thing was 
go on, tell us the tea. I mean, it ain't like she here to get mad at you. <laughs> like, tell us what really went down. <laughs> I and I'm kind of interested to see what her stand up even. Looks I know, like. right? <laughs> because she's not. I mean. I guess I don't really know her outside of Golden Girls. I mean, I've seen her in a few other things mm-hmm. since then, but I don't really know yeah. her outside. Like you, you, um, of course, Betty White and, um, um, what's Maud's name? <laughs> B. Arthur. Sophia? No, Maud. <laughs> uh, B. Arthur, yeah. you know, you know her from other things. I never, I mean, I guess a few times I saw her in things I never considered her funny but you know i guess she was yeah yeah i think a lot of people get to acting from like the comedy scene so not surprised by that also i was listening to clubhouse and they had like afternoon comedy hour it seems like a lot of people just like testing out their comedy lines and i'm like it sounds great i should try that I'm not going to try Girl, <laughs> I cannot tell you the last time I got on Clubhouse. And I was just thinking the other day, I really need to, like, get on there more often. Because there were some rooms that I liked. Like, there was this morning affirmation room that I really liked to listen to first thing in the morning. Um, there was this room for, like, career black women something something. I'm probably giving it the wrong name. I really liked it. But I just got so tired of all the like, and I never went into these other rooms, mind you. It just made my head sad having to see them on my phone. All the like, just trolling shit. And then, oh my God, at one point it was just the diaspora wars. And I was like, I am not doing this. And it was just too much. So I just put it down and I haven't been back and... I probably should check it out. <laughs> Cause like I said, there were some yeah. really good rooms there. Like it's not like I it's not like you're forced to listen to something you don't want to listen to. Yeah, mostly listening to I'll say mostly listening to things that benefit me. So stuff about podcast strategy or social media strategy. Uh the afternoon one I was just I was in need of a break between all my meetings. Yeah. And so that was kind of funny. Sometimes I join the Beehive stuff just to see what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I ignore all of the other stuff like dating, all of that. I just, I don't care. Okay, right, so next up. This 10-year-old was caught stealing his sleeping parents' car to buy Cheerios. And more than anything, I'm just like, you stole a car to buy regular, regular Cheerios? Not even honey Not nut, even honey nut. But regular Cheerios? Not even, <laughs> not even cinnamon. Not even the apple cinnamon. And I don't even know if people really eat those. But no. Just regular <laughs> ass Cheerios. So authorities are doing a routine patrol Sunday night when a young boy was seen behind the wheel of a Chrysler minivan. Minivan. <laughs> Jen, that had stopped in the middle of the street. They activated their emergency lights and tracked the vehicle, which proceeded to accelerate up to 50 miles per hour and blow through a stop sign. They were able to block the minivan's path, but not before he went through an intersection in reverse and went up an embankment into the front yard of a residence. So at first, he tried to blame it on his daddy. It was like, they were like, was your dad drunk? And he's like, yeah. 
and then they returned him to his home and his parents were asleep and sober. Like, <laughs> listen. Here at Poor Life Decision, we do not advocate violence against children. That mm-hmm. being said, if it's love, oh God, oh God. <laughs> children just do not give a damn. Like, why would you tell them, even if I was drunk, you shut your mouth. Why are you telling them, like, what oh my god just wake up and choose violence oh my god. that's what children do oh my god but i mean he literally risked his life for normal cheerios i think like after the age of three who gets excited about normal cheerios? first of all okay so reading about <laughs> cheerios reminded me of uh i think it's last week last week's episodes of um behind the bastards they were talking about the kellogg cereal man and i when i saw his name i was like oh my god they're trying to ruin everything that i love about my childhood because let me tell you something frosted flakes steal that bitch with me okay i love frosted flakes (laughs) but it's okay we can still love frosted flakes because the kellogg guy who created corn flakes He never wanted to add sugar. So everything that we love past cornflakes was designed by his brother. His brother ended up taking over the company. But the original cornflake guy, he didn't want to add sugar because he felt like sugar in anything would lead to masturbation. I know. I am a diabetic full of sugar. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know that this is your favorite pod, but if you have a second to listen to another one, check out Behind the Bastards. Wonderful way to learn history, number one, but I'm just going to tell you, be ready to let go of everything that you thought you loved because everything in this fucking country is corrupt. Everything in the world is corrupt because they don't just cover American topics. (laughs) Yeah. I actually listened to it too. How did we're just right here? We see each other. (laughs) You and I. All right. Uh, Next up, Sandile Newton covers British Vogue details reclaiming the correct spelling of her name. Um, As a non-American, I understand like how hard it is how easy it is to allow people to make their name easy but like good sis um girl from orange is a new black uh-huh uzo yes she tells a she uzo. tells a beautiful story yes yeah i tell people all the time y'all can say tchaikovsky mm-hmm. you can say good <laughs> well if you don't have to not be an american as someone who has a difficult to spell name because my name is not even hard to pronounce, but people look at the spelling and get thrown off. And my whole life, I've let people just call me whatever, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. sound remotely close because it didn't really bother me, but it really bothered mm-hmm. my mom. And so I have grown into someone who either you're going to call me Chris or you're going to say, the whole thing and say it right and you're going to spell it right like I don't overlook it anymore because that is mm-hmm. my name 
So yeah. all, all of so, you little, well, you don't even have to be brown girls, but we're talking to little brown girls. All little brown girls with difficult names. All little brown boys with difficult names. Make them say your name and make them spell your name. Right. Mm-hmm. Your name is the best thing in the That's world right. to you. So don't let people disrespect you. But so Sandiwe, I think what happened with her name was somebody missed the mm-hmm. W in her first credit and she's like well I guess I'll just go by Sandy it's easier mm-hmm. and so she just allowed it to happen mm-hmm. for way too long but I love the like with British Vogue and her just making that decision for herself she's reclaiming her name. like I just thought it was such a beautiful story and I'm like it's never too late and I was, and I was like all this time first of all I have to concentrate really hard not to say Sandy because it, well, it's not Tandy, but it was Tandy. And I'm like, well, hell, I still been saying it wrong all this time. So I'm just happy to see that she has reclaimed her name. And she was like, you know, you're going to start saying it right. So is it Tandy and not Sandy way? Yeah, it's not. There's not a TH. I mean, there is a TH in the spelling, but it's not pronounced. That's Tandy way. Well, well let me say, well, let me <laughs> say this, Doyen. I don't know how. I don't know the real way to say it the way that she has it spelled now. But mm-hmm. when it was T H A N D I E, it's just Tandy. Mm-hmm. So I. Yeah. Somebody. I was at the dentist yesterday and I saw her typing my name and I was like, you got that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, I could let her struggle, but that's not my name. Like, <laughs> oh, I never, listen, when I spell my name, when I give someone my name, I just automatically go into spelling it. Or like if I'm, if I'm somewhere where I know they have to look up my name, it's in print. Mm-hmm. I'll say it. And I always say with a K. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't even give them time to, mm-mm. I just bust it. I bust in yeah. the song spelling my name. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to what she's doing. I'm like, let me pay attention because I know she's about to get this wrong. But, yeah. But this, uh, and I loved her shoot. Uh-huh. It's so I just beautiful. love her. She's so amazing. Yeah. So this man alleged that his six-year-old son found a bullet inside a bag of flaming hot Cheetos. I will tell y'all, I, I tried to eat flaming hot Cheetos yesterday. And that's not the worst thing you can find in that bag. Those Cheetos are hot as hell. <laughs> so let me ask you this very important question. Did you used to be able to eat them and now you can't anymore? Because that's what happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. At my big age, I can't eat them I anymore. was, listen, Doyen, <laughs> I was so hurt because I was like, when did I get, can no longer eat flaming Hot Cheetos old? Like, I used to eat them all the time and not even have anything to drink. Like, what is going on? And I eat like spicy food all the time, but flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I guess there's just a certain like age threshold where your body's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. So, um, he found his son found a bullet at the bottom of the bag, and so he had a discussion with Frito Lay, and I think they were gonna send up something to investigate it. But also, the name of the dad was Mr. Bowhorn Weasel. <laughs> and I had to double check that this wasn't the onion. Because <laughs> Bowhorn Weasel. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and he claims he doesn't want 
like any money. I mean, which he may not. That's fine. But if I find something in my bag other than what's supposed to be there, pay me. And then the weird thing about it was Bossip was like, by the way, we're going to talk about how Eva Longoria is making a movie about the creator of Hot Cheetos. I was like, what? I was like, this is a weird turn. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, it is a good story because he was a Mexican janitor and he convinced Frito-Lay to make it. But it was just Because, because listen, I'm even... Within the short span of me reading that one little paragraph, I was like, a movie? And then and then quickly I turned and said, but you know what? That is a story that deserves to be told. <laughs> so, right. So I'm all for it. Yeah, it was just a weird turn of the article. But, I mean, it's a happy <sighs> ending. Um, just to see, you know, a Latino story that isn't comedy or right. you know, other ridiculous or drug related. My showing the complexities of my favorite used to be the flaming hot popcorn, and then they used to have Mm -hmm. the flaming hot funyuns. Oh, that flaming hot popcorn! Listen, when I was in high school, my boyfriend would bring them and leave them in my locker for me. Flaming (laughs) hot, flaming hot popcorn, and a box of Sour Patch Kids because that was my judge. <laughs> oh, both of those ideas that hurts my right All righty. Lastly, <laughs> I want to tell you, this is a poor life decision in itself. If you go to a medical professional and they're drinking four loco during your consultation, fucking leave. <laughs> Well, it was a plus for me. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> uh, so this Florida man gives Botox treatments without medical license, and he drinks for loco during consultations. Again, the thing that I'm most upset about is that he's drinking for loco. <laughs> first of all, first of all, okay. <laughs> so. They took the good stuff out. So the fuck locos they have now, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Okay. So we gonna <laughs> drink it for our April Fool's episode? April Fool's are not ready past. The whole month of April Fool's is time for an April Fool's treat. Uh, oh, well, no, I'm not gonna. Well, I would. I mean, I'm not opposed. <laughs> but y'all, I had. So I briefly <laughs> had a four loco addiction. <laughs> And this is when they first came out, and it's essentially what Four Loco was when it first came out was Red Bull and vodka in a can. That's literally what it was. It was the I, I hope I'm saying this right, taurine or whatever, whatever the energy stuff mm-hmm. is. That is what they ended up taking out. But when I tell you, I mean, for like a span of two weeks, I had a little addiction, and <laughs> and I was like. Oh my god! And you know what made me stop drinking? It was an episode of Scared Straight. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. And if y'all knew what position I had as far as work goes at that time, 
It was bad. And I remember the first night that I didn't drink one, I was just laying in the bed, like laying there stiff like a plank. And I was itching. I was itching all over. And I was just laying there stiff, just looking up at the ceiling. Like, oh God, I'm not going to make it. So I, my four local experience was I got drunk off of it. And I wanted to go to sleep and I couldn't because of the caffeine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, not no more. Listen, <laughs> Candace, Candace and I were roommates at the time. And I remember when I drank my first can, I told Candace, I was like, I'm sleepy, but I want to go outside and run. I think I can run to the moon. Like, it was just like, it was just like oh God, good times, good times. <laughs> okay. So back to this guy. So. Detectives conducted an investigation and found several online videos showing the guy injecting clients with Botox and doing other treatments. He would do lip, chin, cheek, fillers, nose lifts, as well as any other Botox type of injections, as mentioned. Um, he had several videos on social media outlets and used to advertise um, Botox and bubbles event <laughs> at a spa. And like I would have been like, oh yeah, Botox, Botox and, and bubbles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so undercover detective made an appointment for the consultation. <laughs> Apparently the bubbles that he referred to was none other than for loco. <laughs> so during the consultation, the guy was seen consuming the uh, for loco. Um, hey, I want my surgeon alert, okay? Yeah, bubbles and Botox. <laughs> they were, nobody's been alert since after they realized <laughs> they should not put caffeine in our alcohol drinks. So he set up his injection kit, which contained the syringes, needles, and vials. It also has some illegal labels to have writing on them from foreign countries. <laughs> he would use a marker to identify the different areas on the face that would require treatment. And ultimately prepared to do the treatment. So this is another case of somebody having a potentially good hustle, and by good I mean lucrative hustle, <laughs> and then you fucking it up by being extra because <laughs> the four. I think the four loco is probably what attracted them. I don't know, or because the article they were very careful with how they talked about his licensure. So from reading it, mm -hmm. I assume that either he is a medical doctor or he does hold some type of medical license, but it's expired or he mm -hmm. does hold a, some type of medical license, but not to do what he was doing. And so mm -hmm. it's like, you could have flown under the radar, but you had to get all boozy with it and do the Botox and bubbles and start this all fancy advertising. <laughs> like, no. Mm -hmm. You messed up your good thing and now you finna go to jail. Where you going? To jail. I guess where you to going? Jail. To jail. You going to jail, bitch. Period. <sighs> okay. So we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we are back, and it is time for us to move right on along to our Someone Something. Someone Something. So, before I get started, let me say this. Um, I fully intended 
for us to talk about the life and music of DMX this week for our someone something. But y'all, I just can't. So this is just it. I've been I've been avoiding a lot of like the stories and I've seen a couple of really sweet stories, but I've just been avoiding them and I haven't been <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and oh my god. They snuck one in on me. Well, they they played a couple of DMX songs and that was fine even though I had been avoiding them. But then they played Slippin' and I was like, you should have seen me in the car. Like, I audibly started going, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> reaching all over <laughs> to like, I like you know when you panic about something like, I didn't know whether to, to like turn the podcast off, turn the radio down. I just turned it down and then figured it out later. But like, I just, I can't do it. So I do not want you all to think that we're overlooking it or anything. But I just, I just couldn't. So, this week for our Someone Something, we are going to talk about Mr. Eddie George. Now, first of all, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for knowing who he is. Because I do not follow the sports. And most of these people I don't know. But I do know him because he married to Taj from SWV. (laughs) And that is literally how I know who he is. (laughs) So, Tennessee State is naming Eddie George its new head football coach. I was gonna pull a Granda and say Corch. <laughs> when she when she try when Granda trying to talk proper, she puts an ER on everything. <laughs> a true Medea. Even though my Granda is nothing like Medea, but when she tries to be proper, she mm-hmm. puts an R on everything. So let's say that again. Tennessee State is naming Eddie George its new head football coach, sources tell ESPN. George, 47, starred at running back for the Tennessee Titans from 1996 to 2003. And the Tigers hope he will bring a much-needed spark to the program. The school is taking a path similar to the one taken by Jackson State, which hired NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders to take over its program in September. Jackson State is 4-3 and three in Sanders' first season as coach. Like Sanders, George doesn't have extensive coaching experience. Since retiring from the NFL in 2004, George has stayed connected to Nashville while becoming an actor with performances on Broadway and in film. The Tigers hope having a big name like George will help, you know, with recruiting and bring more attention to the university. The coaching staff already includes former NFL cornerback Dominic Rogers Cromarty. Is that how I'm supposed to say that? I I depend (laughs) on you to know sports. Before his time in Tennessee, George George was a star at Ohio State, winning the 1995 Heisman Trophy. His number 27 is retired by both the Buckeyes and the Titans. So I am just, this just brought me so much joy. I'm super excited. I love what this means for HBCUs. When Jackson State hired Deion Sanders, 
Of course, it brought me pride because it's Jackson State, like it's Mississippi. But I knew that this was going to be a good look for HBCUs everywhere and that this was going to help them get like the stamp that they need. So I'm really excited about what this means for HBCUs as a whole. So again, congratulations to Tennessee State and to Eddie George. By the way, I'm looking up Eddie George's IMDb and this is probably going to be one of my movie night picks. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's one called He Ain't Heavy Pledging Underground. <laughs> See, why? Why are you going to do this to me? <laughs> I hope it's streaming somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to move right on along to our Poor Life Decision. Poor Life Decision. Um, this week's poor life decision is short, sweet, to the point, but it is also critical, especially for right now, especially for me. (laughs) So tonight we're going to talk about digital boundaries and protecting your peace. Say it with me, guys. Digital boundaries. Um, digital boundaries. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we live in a time where almost everything is accessible digitally. You can pay your bills, find a new home, connect with a friend in a different country, or even read your favorite book all from the click of a button. Due to COVID-19, many people are also working from home, so you can even get your job done virtually. When you truly think about it, we're constantly surrounded by some type of screen. We are continuously mm-hmm. filtering in other people's energy and lives. If you're working from home, say that. Yeah, again. W- listen, because that is the important part. We are constantly filtering in other people's energy and lives. Now, not to talk down on any social app, but that's part of the reason why I don't frequent. I'm just gonna say it. I don't frequent Facebook as much as I do. Twitter and and specifically Twitter because my Twitter timeline is more curated curated so it's not a whole lot of if there's something that I don't want to see I let it go quickly versus my Facebook which is everybody that I know and some of Mm y'all get on my nerves (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's like it's just not as carefully curated but um, you you got to think about that because you are taking in what other people are putting out. Like just because it's on a screen don't mean you're not picking up that energy you are. If you're working from home, you may start to feel like you're living at work instead of working from home. You may also find yourself mm-hmm. wanting to connect with loved ones virtually, you know, to remain safe, but simultaneously feeling like you do not have one more Zoom party left in you. And let me tell you, I get it, girl. <laughs> Trying to maintain your virtual social life, upkeeping your productivity, and live in a pandemic is draining, to say the least. This can lead to stress, anxiety, depression, difficulty sleeping, 
increased substance use, increased substance use, increased substance use, (laughs) or worsening of mental health and chronic health conditions. Needless to say, implementing digital boundaries with yourself and others is needed right now more than ever. So let's talk about some ways that we can protect our digital peace. So I will say at the beginning of the pandemic, I needed all of the like apps to connect with people visually. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm like, I don't need it. Like (laughs) I used to be on house party. I used to Marco Polo people regularly. And now I'm like, listen, just respond to my text sometimes. And that's it. I don't need any more visual representation of your being <laughs> y'all dog and hand me download marco polo i think i kept it for like two days and then I, kept it, I was like no i'm not doing this <sighs> but yeah it, it it was it was a time so the mm-hmm. first thing they tell us to do is schedule in time to unwind taking time to unwind is crucial in setting digital and physical boundaries Due to the intertwined nature of working and living at home, it may be helpful to schedule in time to unwind and relax. The author states that this may look something like, you know, blocking out time during your day where you disconnect from everything and just spend time with yourself. This can also apply if you aren't working from home. Take your full lunch. And I'm saying that to myself. Take your Mm -hmm. full lunch. Leave work on time. No, I'll never have a problem with them. (laughs) And, you know, we understand that PTO, paid time off, is a privilege. But if it's within your means to use it, do so. Rest is not negotiable. It is necessary. Now, I am seeing a need for this with a lot of my friends who are working from home. A lot of y'all need to set boundaries and or even take time off i think living in a capitalist society it makes us feel like well i'm at home so it's not fair for me to take off yeah you at home but you working and you are accessible so you still need time like to take off you still need time so that those lines don't blur i did not have any difficulty with this um when we started for the small time that I did work from the few months I worked from home because I had already forced myself to start doing this and I'll talk about that a little later but yeah I'm noticing this with my friends who work from home Doyen are you having trouble like with the blurred lines of home and work um no I mean I do typically work through my lunch most days but there are times when i'm like oh i need to go do something yeah speaking of your christmas present is still on my desk because i won't go to the post office so (laughs) you know that's the thing that has to happen during my day and i just had to take time to do that but um i am a-okay with taking paid time off even if it just means that i am at home yeah Yeah. (laughs) because I because of how fast paced my work schedule has become, I need those breaks. It's just I don't know about you, but for me, when I was working from home, I was working more (laughs) than I did when I was actually Mm -hmm. in the office. And part of that is because 
I didn't have the same type of interruptions and distractions mm-hmm. that I have in the office. So that was one thing. But a lot of my friends who are working from home, it is, it is, it really bothers me that they're not taking any time off ever. And it's because they feel like, well, I'm already at home, but no, you're working. Like you're not at home chilling, you're working. Yeah, I think with me, I have gotten to a part where I break down because I have not rested. Yeah. And so that's why I, it's a lot more necessary for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, the next tip that they give us is to prioritize your mornings. All right, Doyen, what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? I check the time, probably check. So sometimes my start time for work has been changing a lot on me due to meetings. So sometimes I do have to like log in to work fairly quickly after I wake up just to figure out like when I need to be awake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I spend a lot of time on social media and um, yeah, so I am, I'm one of those people that am checking social media emails as soon as I wake up. And that is the truth for a lot of people. A lot of people check social media and emails as soon as they get up. A major boundary that you can set is by allowing yourself to take time to mentally prepare for your day and not checking your phone unless you have to. Your phone can invite so many stressors at the start of the day, which is why I do not do social media first thing in the morning. Now, sometimes, well, let me say this. I don't look at my timelines first thing in the morning. I have some group chats that exist on social media. And so if I have a message from like one of my friends, I will check that. But as far as looking at my timeline, Mm -hmm. because it is so much happening. It is so much happening right now. And there's so much, Lord, I can't talk. So much specific black trauma that is on my timeline right now. And I cannot do it. I just cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to, like, I get the importance of social media when it comes to um, different traumatic events, especially events that prior to social media, we all knew were taking place, but no one was listening to us. The social social mm-hmm. media shrinks the world. It, it shrinks the world. So I get the importance of talking about it. I get the importance mm-hmm. of keeping it valid and alive. I get the importance of say her name, say his name but i cannot take it so i am really good at avoiding those sort of things and i definitely am going to avoid it first thing in the morning because my brain just can't Mm -hmm. handle it even on the news like i turn in the morning is getting ready for work it's the only time that i watch and i'm using quote air quotes watch the news because i'm really just listening to it but i will i will turn like I will turn when they start talking about these trials and stuff. I can't do it. I cannot do it. So mm-hmm. I, we really have to work on protecting our peace because you definitely can get secondhand PTSD, secondhand trauma. And it's, it, it's a lot. So of mm-hmm. course, 
Of course, the article tells us, establish a morning routine. Mm. You know what? <laughs> we're we're going to develop we're going to develop some type of game. Like, of course. <laughs> of course my first instinct is let's play a drinking game <laughs> and take a shot every time we mention routines, but um I love y'all and y'all livers and I don't want to do that to y'all. So we're going to think of something for you to do <laughs> every time we bring up establishing a routine because routines are important. So, establish mm-hmm. a morning routine that allows you to get in the proper mindset and get you ready to take on your day. Your routine may include activities such as reading a physical book, allowing um, time for you to reflect, drink your tea or your coffee, or taking time to stretch your body. So I recently have started doing yoga in the morning. I bought yoga blocks. I do not know how to use them, but I bought them. (laughs) I already had a (laughs) mat that I bought two years ago, and this is my first time using it. So... (laughs) But I've really been enjoying it. Um, As you know, like my devotion and meditation is something that I've talked about that I do in the mornings. And so I just added a quick um, yoga routine. I've been using my, my, my Peloton membership. So I filter out the routines and just pick 10 to 15 minutes, like a short one, because I don't have a lot of time in the morning. And I've been enjoying it. So I strongly suggest creating a morning routine and sticking to it as best you can go ahead yeah apple fitness shows you how to use your blocks well um there's there's one (laughs) there's uh there's several yoga routines on uh peloton that show you how to use the blocks i just haven't done them yet um but i but i bought the blocks (laughs) um so the next tip they give is to take social media breaks um Constant consumption of social media and digital content can be a recipe for disaster. It is beneficial to allow yourself to take a break. Taking a break may look like deleting your apps for the day or, you know, just having a certain time frame where you allow yourself to visit them. Taking social media breaks can be really, really hard, guys, but it is a must. Um, Have you ever done Mm -hmm. that, Doyen? Yeah, I deleted Facebook off my phone for like, I don't know, six to eight months. Yeah. And um, to this day, like, I check in on Facebook and look at my notifications. And most of the time, the notifications aren't even about me. And I get out. So That is literally um, all I do on Facebook is check my notifications. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stronghold in my life is Instagram, which I can't fully get off of because of the podcast. I need to engage with people and stuff like yeah. that. But I also know that, like, today, before the podcast, I was just scrolling through. And I was like, all I see is meme accounts. I don't even see, like, my friends on Instagram (laughs) anymore. (laughs) And it's like, why? Like, this is stupid. I hate this algorithm. Twitter Twitter is my vice. Twitter is my vice. And I... Now, I have... um, I gave up Twitter one year for Lent. That was hard. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. But, yeah... It's a- Twitter is my space for insomnia with friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all be up. <laughs> it's a, it's important to take those breaks. And it's also important to know how to, like I said, filter what's there. So I haven't taken a social media break in a while, but I do. My scroll game is top notch. So 
I'm pretty good at like spotting what's going to be funny and make me laugh or what I need to roll right on past. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another important tip they give us, this one is very important. So listen up, <laughs> manage others expectations. Okay. As mentioned earlier, working from home can feel a lot like living at work. Many people are under the ex- are under the assumption that since you're working from home, you must be available all the time. You may find yourself receiving messages like, did you get my email? After work hours or something similar. This is the perfect scenario to set boundaries and manage other people's expectations. You can respond the next day and say, hey, I don't check my emails after work hours. However, I'll look at your email right now. Of course, every job has different requirements, but setting a boundary about the times you are available or not is a good way to protect your peace. So, as I stated earlier when we talked about the perils of working from home, I didn't fall into that trap because I'd already gotten good about establishing boundaries. And that's because when I'm when I started the position that I have now, I'm in a supervisory position and it is a job that literally never stops. And I ran myself ragged at first and I learned, okay, that's fine. It doesn't have to stop, but I will put brakes on it. So I do not. And I mean, <laughs> the people that work under me will text. I like this woman texts me uh, this past like Friday at like eight o'clock at night. And I did not respond to her until Monday <laughs> when I got to work mm-hmm. because you have yeah. to set just because I had already gotten really good about that. Like, and it happened. I'll tell you when it happened. It happened one day that I was taking my granny to the doctor and someone from work called me about a situation and they didn't know that I wasn't at work. Like they didn't know that I, you know, wasn't at work or whatever. And after mm-hmm. that, I just said, I will not do this again because dang, I can't even take my granny to the doctor. Nope. I'm not doing this. I do not answer work emails after hours. And what I did for that is I, so I use two different third-party apps for, I use one for my, you know, personal email and a different one for my work email. I took all the notifications off the work one. So they're there, they're on my Mm -hmm. phone, but I don't get a notification, so I do not open it. If you email me something after hours, I will see it in the morning. Like, I just, I don't do it. Yeah. And I think also for me, it was managing my own expectation as somebody else's expectation. So sometimes my boss would just send something just because it's on her mind. Right. She wants to get it off before she forgets. And she's not expecting a response from me after hours. And so I learned that like, if I get an email from her, if even if I look at it, I can still wait till the next day to respond. (laughs) And she's not expecting me. It's just, she's just trying to get stuff off her mind. So it kind of also helps to know who the mindset of the person that you're working with. And that came with time. So like when I first started, yeah, she responded, you know, email me at this hour. I would respond back, but she's not even expecting that. It it got to the she's just getting out of her brain. <laughs> it got to the point. The reason why I ended up turning my notifications off was because I got an email one night. I mean, it was almost goddamn midnight from one of our state agencies, mm-hmm. and it was 
It was asking me to do something that I didn't want to do. I mean, not didn't want to do like it was wrong, but it was just something that was going to take a lot of my time. And I was worried about it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm worried about it all night. You know what I mean? So that's when I was like, mm-hmm. no more. I will not do this. Yeah. So I don't even look at them. That's so fair. you have to, you have to know what you can handle. But like the article says, manage others' expectations. Because, and like the, the lady that texted me, at eight o'clock on a Friday night. I don't think I'm not, I, I mean, maybe she did expect me to answer her. I don't know. But also it may have just popped into her head. You know what I mean? At night. Mm-hmm. And she just sent it and that's fine, but I'm not going to answer you till Monday. <laughs> right. So yeah, the very last piece of advice they give us is to clean up your mental space. We have to be mindful of the clutter that may have ha- that may have a hold on us emotionally and mentally. And we've talked about this before on the show. Decluttering your space mentally mm-hmm. may look like unfollowing <laughs> certain social accounts or deleting certain apps off your phone. Let me tell you something. If you put any type of rodent on my timeline, I will unfollow you with the quickness because you're not going to do that to my mm-hmm. mental space. <laughs> It may also look like not texting or direct messaging your ex because you're bored. So there's that. When we declutter our Mm -hmm. space, we conserve our peace and make room for our focus to be on more important things. Um, I did uh, declutter my DMs this past weekend because, you know, if Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to somebody, I just kind of leave it there. And yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, first of all, I was like, you know, I told y'all a long time ago, I realized that I'm not going to be able to, to lie to all these niggas uh, for much longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pretty soon, you know, oh, the pandemic, nobody's going to take that as an excuse. So I just started ignoring all their messages. And the other night I just went through and I didn't even like, I didn't even open them. I just slid to the left delete 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 <laughs> i cannot stand having a whole lot of notifications oh i so can't I'll stand it, it i don't respond to it i can't stand it either yeah so <laughs> there's a certain gentleman that's in jail <laughs> and i accidentally <laughs> like his things on instagram <gasps> and he looks at it as an opportunity to dm me and i'm like so I'll open it. He sees that I read it. I'm still not responding because I know he about to get out. He looking for somewhere to stay. And I'm not it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like cleaning up my space mentally also includes just, you know, stuff that my workaround for cleaning up my space mentally is I create a shortcut. And so... Once I create a shortcut, it doesn't show me notifications of unreads. TikTok is really bad about giving me unreads because they just want me to open it. And I'm like, there's nothing there important that I really needed to see. See, I don't have my <laughs> notifications on for so, TikTok. Um, the short It's not. It's just a little bubble that gets on my Right. Notes. I don't I don't I don't like the little bubble with um, the number. I don't like that. That I don't like that. So yeah. I don't I have that turned <laughs> off. Um I'm, you know, I tried to do the shortcuts thing, but I don't know. Something about it annoyed me, but maybe I should give it another try. It's gotten a lot better from when you first tried it. Okay. Okay. 
It's a lot more seamless. Okay. So now I'm going to have to Google how to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) So um, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Nope. All right, then let's move on to the favorite part of the show. The Bayou a Dream. Mm. Um, so I'll go first because mine is quick. Um, again, okay. I want to offer up a prayer to uh, DMX's family. And mm-hmm. um, may you find comfort. And I just pray that he found the peace that he was searching for um Mm -hmm. and i feel like he knows but i want him to know that he was loved he was revered and just an all-around awesome guy and we love you and we miss you and have peace um i am buying a drink tonight for wigs you heard me right wigs Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I did something with my natural hair. Like it's probably been a couple of months since I've done something with my natural <laughs> hair. Cause I throw that wig on and I keep it moving. And this morning mm-hmm. as I was putting my wig on, I said, girl, you is blessed. <laughs> Cause I was running late for work and you know, I didn't have to like figure hair out, slap that wig on and keep it moving. So yes, Mm-hmm. specifically a drink for the headbanging wigs because that yes. that was an invention especially for like my uh zoom calls i can snatch that's it right. off and the next time it's time for a zoom call i can snatch that's it back right. on yes that's right you ain't got to worry about yes. no lace you ain't got <laughs> you ain't got to worry about nothing all, all i right. do is i take a little bit of that edging edge control slick these edges down pop that baby on and i'm good I don't even do that. I just put it on. <laughs> I my edges like me cannot be controlled. <laughs> uh, so I'm buying a drink for Miranda Priestley Come on. because she's that bitch. <laughs> I used to have her like I have a pop toy. I used to have her on my desk like when I don't feel like doing nothing. She looks me in my eye and I look her in mm-hmm. her eye and she's like, "Do your fucking work," mm-hmm. and then I do. Miranda Priestley is she's she's pretty amazing well let me say this the movie Miranda Priestley did you read the book Mm -hmm. yeah book Miranda was mean (laughs) not that movie Miranda wasn't but and maybe it's because it was Meryl Streep. I was just I so... think it's because you wanted to love Meryl Streep yeah because I was just I was in love with like movie miranda but book miranda book book miranda in my head was anna wintour and so i just didn't have like anything for her and i was like your haircut is old and raggedy and so i just never had that affection but when mel streep hit that screen as a woman who now works in corporate i think a lot of times women take on a sort of like emotionless persona to get further up. Oh, definitely. And definitely. Yeah. So I'm like, but I think I definitely think Meryl Streep um, 
personified it for yeah. us. And so, like, I still, when I watch Devil Wears Prada, I'm mad at her fuck ass boyfriend and her friends for hating on her, her progress. I, mean, <laughs> I, I thought I was the only one. Like, this is my job. What the fuck are y'all doing? This is my job. Right. Why y'all Why mad? y'all mad at my job? <laughs> you enjoying this free right. shit, ain't you? Okay. Right, you enjoyed that purse, but all of a sudden you got feelings because right. I got to go to you, you want all this Clinique okay. that I got. You want all that, but you want to get... I, listen, that bothered me so much. <laughs> like, why are y'all mad because this girl got a job? This is my job. <laughs> okay, my secondary drink goes to Meryl Streep, who I will support in any fucking thing she does. <laughs> I love her so much. I love her so much. So much. Even like when she makes me mad, I still love her. I mean, <laughs> she can't be in a movie and I not root for her. That's just the end. That's just yeah. the end of it. That's just the end of it. Like I watch movies and the movies aren't even good, but I'm still rooting for her because it was her. Like I have like a constitutional yes. Um, yes. agreement to watch every single movie she does. Like <laughs> I watch Mamma Mia every time it comes on TV. Now, mind you, when it came out in theaters, yes, I went to see it because of Meryl Streep, but also because I love the soundtrack by ABBA. And when I went to the mm-hmm. movies in the theater, it was literally me and three little old white ladies. <laughs> and they were they were sitting, we were sitting pretty far apart. But at the end of the movie, there's a sing-along. And baby, all four of us was up mm-hmm. singing and dancing. And they looked back there at me and they were like, come on down. So I went on down with the little old white ladies and we had ourselves a ball <laughs> to Mama Mia, okay? Yeah. Like, Mel Street was just uh, everything. She's everything. Yeah, my mom knew Abba when, you know, Abba was yeah. a thing. I went to England in middle school and Abba Queen was a thing. And so I was like, mom, here's this cool song. And she's like, that's <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was the thing when I was a kid. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. my my dad introduced me to ABBA, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but alrighty. Um, so, yeah. um, <laughs> if you're wondering how to get in touch with us, we are on the Instagram as Poor Life Decision One Decision because we're changing them one at a time including me getting better at saying decision at the end of a drunk podcast episode. (laughs) Um, It's also the same name of our Etsy page. Cannot say it enough. We have cool stickers there. We have a may contain alcohol mug that is great for um, pouring some wine in it and then blowing it during your work meetings and pretending it's This girl is putting on a whole (laughs) production. First of all, I thought... I'm not saying. I thought you were about to say that the tea was perfect for porn. <laughs> and I was about to say, what? What kind of porn are you doing? Talk about pornography <laughs> and. No. I'm oh, sorry. I heard, I heard porn. And I thought you were, I was like, what the See, This is what happens when you drink. I don't know what kind of porn. <laughs> this is a poor life decision. <laughs> But um, you can also check us out on Twitter. We are a PLD pod. Um, Chris keeps it lit with the tweets. And um, yeah, cool stuff there. 
Well, um, we okay. love you guys as always. Um, thank you for tuning in. We just try to make your life a little lighter, a little better, and we just want to improve as you improve. Bye. We love you. Love you. Bye. Wondering if I'm a creeper. Little hood rap bitch from 25th named Jamaica. Coming through like I do. You know, getting my bark off. Knew she was a